Welcome to Pod Trivia, the podcast that is recommended by three out of five dentists. I'm your host, Britton. I'm Kyle. And I'm the fifth dentist. Fifth and fourth? No, just the fifth. I'm just one person. But also, like, you don't know of the five dentists which dentist said no to this podcast. Well, we know that Becky did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's not a surprise that. to anyone. It's just a joke. I don't know that we needed to deep dive into it. Uh, I mean, isn't that what this podcast is here for? To deep dive into nonsensical jokes and deep kind dive of break them down? into things we didn't need to deep dive into. Mm. We typically read into Becky's anger. I mean, it's real. Kyle, do you have a fun fact for the day? I realize we haven't given fun facts, and so now you are forced to come up with one. Um, fun facts. Uh, hundred and interesting and fun facts that will blow your mind. I hope everyone um, enjoyed the sound of him typing into his computer. I'm trying to get this website to load, and it's not loading. Well, Kyle does this. I have a, I have a, not quite a fun fact, but a little story. A headache? Um, no. <laughs> um, well, here's my way of preventing headaches. There are some people that I work with, and they know that I do this, who type really aggressively and type during meetings. And I have just taken it upon myself to mute everyone who types during a meeting. If you want to talk, you're going to have to re-unmute yourself. But no. No, no, no. <laughs> I think that's fair. I have a fun fact. Yeah. How long does it take for a robin's egg to hatch? Mother robins may start incubating their eggs during the evening after the second egg is laid or after all the eggs are laid. They sit on the eggs for 12 to 14 days. The female usually does all the incubating. Even in good weather, she rarely leaves her leg, her eggs for more than five to ten minutes at a time. Okay. I also don't leave my legs for more than five or ten minutes at a time. <laughs> this was such a worthless fact until the end. Okay. First off, not a fun fact. Second of all, you it's just it like, it, it's just something. Then also you asked us a question and immediately yeah, and kept you talking. Like, I was ready to have an answer. Me too! But no, no, you're just going to keep talking about bird legs. No, no. <laughs> so I'm learning that if you just type fun facts into Google, Google auto-generates a question and then gives you, the, give you, gives you its answer. So you could have done that, and instead we're here with birds leaving their legs. That's what Google came up with when I typed it in, was, you know, robin eggs. It is fascinating that they can leave their legs for five to ten minutes at a time. That is wild. I know chickens can leave their heads for two minutes before they die. I think it can be longer. I I think it can be too, The podcast Stuff You Should Know talked about um, a famous headless chicken Mm. that um, had its head cut off, but then it stayed alive. I think it was a pretty high up cut, so I think it still had like, you know, more of itself than not. But they would feed it by putting um, food down its neck, and then it they would like take it around and show it, um, and like made money from the headless chicken who was still alive. Can I just say our podcast is a little bit like stuff you should know, but really it's stuff you don't know that also probably isn't accurate. My podcasts are always accurate. <laughs> Kyle and Britain's are meh. Mine could be accurate if you don't double check any of the facts. 
but also sometimes aren't meant to be accurate, like are meant to be about things that probably aren't real. Everything's the truth until it's proven to be a lie. That's good. That's Put that on a t-shirt. That's, right. that's my new quote. I think this has been enough boy talking, and I think it's time to get into the episode. What's up, Becky? What are we talking about today? All right. So today we are going to talk about how casseroles changed America. Shout out to Bryn on her stoop for this idea. Um, so we're going to start Wait, off. What? What? what do you mean what? Do you, isn't it Brian Vanderhunter? No, and and we're going to cut the part where you said like a real part of her name. Um, Did you not? we haven't gotten her permission. Okay, I'll text her. Uh, no. <laughs> I'll let you know when she responds. Great. All right, so what do the two of you think of when you think of casseroles? Noodles, cream of mushroom soup, cheese, and breadcrumbs. I think of uh, green bean casserole. Which is okay, as long as you stick to mostly the fried onions on top and less of the actual casserole. If you take out the green beans and just have the cream of mushroom soup and fried onions on top, then mm, 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 it is so good. (laughs) This has been Cooking Corner with Britain. (laughs) Oh, B-City 101. That could be a fun real segment because you do cook weird things. Um, All right. And do either of you have a favorite casserole? I think I already said it. Yeah, I think I just said mine as well. It's it's parts (laughs) of a bean green bean. Bean Oh, you know what my actual. (laughs) Green bean. The bean green casserole machine. (laughs) You know what my actual favorite casserole is? Mm. Becky, you used to make like a taco cheese sort of casserole that was like an an enchilada cheese sort of casserole thing that Uh had some green chilies through it and like literally you would make it and i would eat the entire bowl yeah we haven't done that in a while we could do that again yeah i don't know where that recipe came from um because it's not on my pinterest this is why we need to have a cookbook so that we could write down our favorite recipes. I mean, I, I have several. No, I mean like a cookbook. That you uh, write in? No, I yeah. have several. Oh, Again, okay. I understand. Um, <laughs> I just, I didn't really enjoy that recipe, even though I did make it for you many times. So I didn't yeah. write it down. But then we got married and here we are. Mm-hmm. So what I'm hearing is that yeah. whenever we start making merch... One of the first mm-hmm. things we need to do is have a cookbook. Oh, uh, no. Sure. No. I'm up for this. No. Pod trivia cookbook. No, because all of Kyle's recipes are other people's recipes, and he would just sell them as his own, and then we'd get sued. No, and that's I not okay. <laughs> I would not do that. I would give credit where applicable. Okay, but like you can't sell other people's recipes. I mean, you can post other people's recipes as long as you mention where it's from. But you can't sell them. And also modify it in some way, which I've modified every recipe. Guys, we're not actually doing this. This isn't going to happen. <laughs> like, none of us has the follow through. This is a real thing he's talked about. So I'm just clarifying once yeah. again, publicly, this is a bad idea. All right. So the definition of a casserole is any food cooked in the same dish, which is a wide, wide definition i yeah. cook casseroles a thousand percent of the time in yeah. every meal i eat yeah it's anything where you're adding more than one ingredient and then cooking it together that makes no sense though because like 
if I put together chicken and some pecans. Yes, casserole. Mm-hmm. That's not a casserole. Mac and cheese. Casserole. Yeah, that's not a casserole. Pie. Casserole. <laughs> Fried rice. Casserole. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, Dim sum. <clears throat> casserole. So the American understanding of casserole is obviously a little bit different. So casseroles have been around for a long time, even in the sense of like how we understand them generally, but they've really grown in popularity in the U.S. during a couple of key moments in history. So going back to the invention of the cream of condensed soups from Campbell's. Can you guys name Hmm. some? No, I'm sorry. Hold up. We got to go back a little bit. You're saying Uh that the cream of condensed soup was Uh the first time two people ever cooked food in the same bowl together, and that's the creation of the casserole. Is that what you're saying, Becky? You're contradicting yourself now. I'm going to reread what I just said, since apparently we don't listen. That's true. Casseroles have been around for a long time in a lot of forms, but the American version has really grown in popularity during a couple of key moments in American history. Now, one of those key moments would be the invention of the cream of different kind of condensed soups. Okay, so what I've learned here is that when you actually pay attention Uh to words, understanding comes better. (laughs) You were in several like honors programs growing up and i just want to give a shout out to boring everyday education that taught me the english language uh uh bryn said it's fine to say her name so we can just go wild in fact we're gonna throw it in as often as possible okay so fun fun trivia we're just gonna pause for a moment what is her middle name vander no all right we're gonna move on um (laughs) Can you guys... I was going to go like Rose. No. Can you guys name some of the cream of soups? Cream of... There's mushroom. Mushroom, chicken, pea, corn, celery. Um, Yeah. So it's really... There's really a whole lot. Those are some of the most popular. um, Cream of chicken and cream of mushroom being obviously some of the biggest sellers, especially in America. So in 1897s, Campbell's began making condensed soup so that they could be packaged in smaller containers, decreasing cost for packaging and shipping and decreasing the cost for customers to 10 cents per can. They would condense it, um, which essentially meant taking out the water, and then instruct people to add a can or a certain amount of water once they opened it. I think a better name for it would have been soup jello. There's also that. I don't know when Jello was invented. I don't know that it was around in 1897, to be fair. I think Jello copied condensed soup. All right. Chicken and tomato were some of the first. In 1913, they came up with cream of celery. And in 1934, cream of mushroom. Now, Britain. Yeah. My key memory when hmm. I think of cream of mushroom soup has to do with you and college. Would you like to tell that story? Uh, I really like cream of mushroom and would just eat it with milk. Is there a different story? Yeah. So you, wait, is it? Hmm, oh, th- is it the salmonella? No. Oh, um, I was in high school. So we went to college, and I feel like you just had a lot of interesting food habits that first year. But one of them was that you got like a flat, like a giant thing of cream of mushroom soup. And you were like, this is great. 
I'll just eat this because it's cheap and um, I like it. And I was like, do you want it plain though? Or like, do you just remember liking it with other stuff? Because I have never in my life seen somebody open up a can of condensed soup and just eat it because there's nothing in it like there's no chunks of things like it's just it's just mush and you would eat it you were so happy to be fair you do mix it with milk and then put it in the microwave so i'm not just eating it straight from the can like a neanderthal but there's small but yes you are correct it It is just a can of mushroom soup with milk and i love it it's good Ugh, could not yeah couldn't couldn't do it so, boys, why do you think early in the 1900s people would want cheap food? Because they were poor, <laughs> and it's always good to have cheap things. Like, what? People still want that. Oh my gosh. Like, so, nothing's changed. I'm so mad about my question. Because <laughs> people are greedy people. Okay, I was going to say okay, something else. Okay, but... okay. So, yes, I was looking for a particular historical event that might have increased... The Great Depression. Yeah. The so, Dust Bowl. Yes, obviously. Which was a part of the Depression. The COVID-19 pandemic. Mm, swine flu. A great part of the 1900s. Um, <clears throat> so casseroles saw their first big hit in America during the Depression. And yes, the, the Dust Bowl. I don't know why we need to clarify that part of it. Because um, they were cheap and they help food go farther, you know. A casserole goes farther than just eating um, maybe the chicken and vegetables that you're going to put in it if you had had them plain. But they really took off during World War II and the time period afterwards. Can you guess why? Because you could recycle the aluminum. Oh, interesting. No, not that I saw. I don't know. Because they didn't have a lot of food. That is a piece of it. Because it was like a easier meal for moms to make and then share with other moms who maybe husbands were off at war. We're, we're stumbling around the truth. So women had to enter the workforce to both cover the jobs created by the war and the jobs left by men serving in the military, but also still had to feed their families. So having meals that were cheap, quick, and filling was really helpful. And, of course, food rationing was also enacted during World War II, so many families turned to growing their own vegetables and maybe keeping chickens if they were able to in order to help their food stretch further, both of which are very conducive to casseroles. Magazines would include meal plans and recipes aimed at stretching food further and shortening meal prep, and casseroles, of course, were the easiest option to meet all of those requirements. Now, maintaining and building on these recipes allowed for women to continue to work outside the home when the war ended. At the end of the war, rations were lifted and canning and freezing were increasingly popular. Wages for women in the workforce after the war ended fell a lot. So while women maybe continued to work, not all of them, but some of them, Few families would experience the benefits of dual income households, which just side note, I found fascinating because a lot of the way that they talk about women going into the workforce in like the 70s and 80s was that it would help families economically, but at the time, it wasn't as big of a benefit to them. That is interesting because that is something that 
you would hear. And I think it's also just, I mean, because now it's like almost, well, it is pretty much required that you have a two income household and family if you want to be able to do a lot of the things that the American dream promises. Totally. I mean, the idea that like your average 40 hour a job week for one man would support buying a house and having kids and going on vacations is just like hilarious to think about these days. Mm-hmm. We um side note, we were talking with my parents a bit ago about um when my grandparents bought their house in Bellevue, um their mortgage, gosh, do you remember what it was, Kyle? It was like 80 bucks a month or something. <laughs> I want to say it was like just over a hundred, is what they said. Yeah, like right like around a hundred dollars a month. And Kyle and I were just like, ah! I mean, my parents were able to pay off their mortgage almost immediately, and yeah. I mean, they they weren't crazy rich. Like my dad had a job at Microsoft, yeah. and was making good money for sure. Yeah. But still, mm-hmm. Kyle works at a tech job. I mean, yeah, Kyle works at a tech company, and we are nowhere near like, oh, we'll just pay this off at all. Yeah. Also, though, I do want to throw in like, it's not just because of money that obviously there are two income households because right, sure, both my parents are now working when they were originally not. Yeah. And I know it's because, I mean, they both kind of enjoy working, you know, like they, yeah. they have jobs that they like to do yeah and absolutely and that ties us back in because i think a lot of these women enjoyed working and enjoyed the satisfaction of like being a part of the economy and um you know helping their community in one way or another or creating goods or um working in business and being out of the home in this way and i think had to be really creative because there wasn't this economic benefit to them doing it in order to like keep that it was reasonable they had to keep feeding their families and they had to keep that cheap so that it wasn't something that was getting in the way of this thing they now wanted to do i thought you said sheep and i got really confused no they had to keep that sheep you know keep the sheep rid of them you know every family got a sheep in in the war got it gotta pay to afford the that sheep feed yep so as i was looking at this i thought it was really interesting um and i I often wonder when we look back at trends, to what degree they were intentional and to what degree like it just kind of happened or was coincidence and who influenced it. And so I found a really interesting story in 1955, which was after the war had ended, but right in this time of women were maybe working in the work uh, in the workforce and probably balancing children and still uh, being responsible for a lot of the meal preparation. Um, Campbell Soups assigned the task to one of their test kitchens. I'm going to take that again. Please do. Campbell Soups assigned the task to one of their test kitchens to come up with a recipe that was cheap and easy. Dorcas Riley was working there at the time and was assigned to create a dish. So she worked with various ingredients until she could find the right mix of things that were likely already in someone's pantry or that they could buy easily, that were cheap and easy to make, and she invented the green bean casserole. 
Oh. I was wondering if that's where this was heading. I was like, if this if this comes full circle, really I'm going to be very happy with all of us. Wow. Well done. Round of applause for don't. No, Kyle. No round of applause. <laughs> okay. You literally said round of applause. In metaphorical terms. So it was interesting because there were things that she considered adding that I was like, oh, that could be interesting. Like one of them was ham. But in order to keep it cheap and at the Mm. price point that they wanted and like easy to buy year round and like all these things, um, they just made the very simple green bean casserole. So to promote this, Campbell began printing the recipe on their cream of mushroom soup cans, and since it has become an American favorite. Dorcas um, has talked about, she's still alive, she's talked about, um, she was surprised it was so popular, and she also helped contribute to um, a Sloppy Joe recipe that they put out and a tuna casserole recipe, both of which were popular at the time, but aren't as well known as the one and only green bean casserole. That's going to be pretty wild to, to be like, yeah, I invented a dish that is now the cornerstone of like thousands of Thanksgiving dinners every single year. Totally. Also, I find it wild that she's like, what does everyone have? Fried onions. Yep, everyone's got some of that in their pantry. I did not look at the recipe. Um, I'm sure that it did but, not actually have fried onions. But on I think it. it. I think it traditionally on the can calls for the dried ones that you just buy in the baking mm. aisle. Um, I think some people get fancy and make their own. But onions are cheap and easy to buy. So yeah, I think that's pretty reasonable. I mean, green beans, yeah. onions butter, salt and pepper. Green beans are easy to buy because no one wants to buy them. Ah, interesting. Okay, so I just went on Campbell's website and I found the official green bean casserole recipe from Campbell's website. On there, they list one and one-thirds cup French's French fried onions. So like this is literally a product that, yeah, like you can just go buy that off the shelf. That's what I'm saying. Everyone does that unless they have a fancy mom. But that was easy to buy and possibly was being used in other things. So maybe people did have it in their pantry. You know, if you were using pre-fried onion bits in other casseroles or whatever, like it sounds like it was right up this 1950s trend of like cheap, quick, easy meals that you just added Mm -hmm. some more flavor to. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So the rise of the casserole. And how it helped women feed their families while entering the workforce is very intentional, both from corporations and from the women who cooked them. And that is how casseroles helped change America. Very nice. There you go. That was good. Very good. Thank you. All right, Kyle, I believe that you're doing rapid trivia today. Okay, you gotta stop because it makes me crap my pants every single time, and I'm actually w- wondering if you're actually expecting rapid trivia you know out of what? me. It's no, of course up. not. Keep it up. I, of Scare course, him. have about four different rapid trivia's ready, so yeah, never you fear. Okay, so for today's rapid trivia, we're going to do my version of the radio show game show. Okay. In my version, which is very similar to Becky's, we are going. You are going to have thirty seconds to answer as many questions as possible. 
and that is how we will determine who the winner is. And they will be the same questions each time. Great. We will, uh, ladies will go first. So Kyle, won't you please remove your headset? I have removed the headset. And that makes uh, him shout louder into the microphone. Well, when he can't hear, all of his other senses are heightened, including his voice. <laughs> He's gonna hear that. <laughs> okay, 30 seconds on the clock, starting uh, in one second. Let me prepare myself. Okay, starting now. China has the world's largest population. What has the second largest? USA. When scientists first saw specimens of this Australian mammal, they thought it was a hoax. Pass. In what year were women given the right to vote in the U.S.? 1920. True or false? Cats can be allergic to human. False. After the Mona Lisa was stolen from the Louvre in 1911, what famous artist was considered a suspect? Van Gogh. From left to right, what are the colors of the French flag? Uh, oh, you can answer. Red, white, blue. <laughs> All right. Good job. <laughs> All right, Kyle, you can come back on. <laughs> Hello. Ah! Becky feels very confident. Uh, Kyle, are you ready? Uh, yes, I am ready. Okay, 30 seconds on the clock. China has the world's largest population. What has the second largest? India. When scientists first saw specimens of this Australian mammal, they thought it was a hoax. Kangaroo. In what year were women given the right to vote in the U.S.? Uh, 1920. True or false? Cats can be allergic to humans. True. After Mona Lisa stole the Louvre in 198, uh, 1911, what famous artist was considered a suspect? Skip. From left. Uh, oh, that's time. Oh, dang. I think I, think I read said, that last one yeah, wrong. I think I th you said Mona Lisa stole herself. Yeah. <laughs> I think I said she stole the Louvre. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we have um our winner. Drum roll, please. Becky, you got one, and Kyle, you got three. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> so let's go over and the I questions. More, Kyle. <laughs> the world's largest population is in China. The second largest is India. Kyle, you got that one right. I said the What'd USA. Guess, I wasn't thinking. <laughs> when scientists saw specimens of this Australian mammal, they thought it was a hoax. The correct answer is the platypus. Ah, okay. What year were women given the right to vote? 1920. You both got that. Thank goodness. Yep. True or false? Took me a second. True or false? Cats can be allergic to humans. It is true. Cats can oh, be allergic I to it was humans. False. After the Mona Lisa was stolen from the Louvre in 1911, what famous artist was considered a suspect? Pablo Picasso. Uh, I, I was thinking. I was trying to think of Banksy, but 1911 didn't line up to me. And wait, in terms what of the three did Kyle get so. right? He got India, India, nineteen twenty, and that cats can be allergic to oh, humans. Oh, okay, I missed the nineteen twenty. Okay. The last question that Becky got to, and Kyle, you didn't. From left to right, what are the colors of the French flag? The answer is blue, white, and red, not red, white, and blue. Hey, I was close. You were. You got the right colors correct. Who knew? That is rapid trivia, and it was actually kind rapid of rapid trivia. Kind of rapid today. It was rapid. I like that. I would Thank be up you. for doing that format again. Yes. I, I think that one's fun too. Yeah, it's very we fun. We have a new request for y'all listening. If you would like to be featured in the end of the episode where I yell bye at someone, please send in your name 
Or if you would like me to yell something at Britton or Kyle, you may send those in as well. And I'm going to say we're going to be so much more likely to yell out your name at the end of the episode if you leave us a review (laughs) and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Do it right in the app. And also you can email us, podtriviacast at gmail.com. Tweet us at podtriviacast or DM us on Instagram at podtriviacast. You can currently pre-order our new cooking book called (laughs) Pod Trivia. What is this stuff in a bowl? The casserole edition. Also, we are recasting two roles on this podcast. And if you would like to apply to do a podcast with me, please email in. We've made it very clear. Anyone can do a podcast. You don't need to have talent or humor or education. Or facts. And that's thanks to the power of Anchor. (laughs) This podcast brought to you by Anchor. (laughs) All right. Bye, Amy.